Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our Thanksgiving episode of the Ballhawks podcast. Episode number 33 in this Canada land Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I'm your host of the show, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. And this week, I am joined because I did not do my homework and did not plan for this. Uh, He is known as the Gretchen Wieners of this podcasting team. Christopher Phillips. <laughs> I thought you might like that one. Uh, that's yeah, that's that's a good one. I can't rem- I, I, God, I can't remember which one exactly Gretchen is. I know we literally just watched this movie, but she's the one um, that follows uh, Regina everywhere. And well, two of them do. Is yeah, she the blonde she, one or the brunette one? I can't remember. She's the not crazy one. Like you know how one? Yeah, she's. The, They're all yeah. They're all a little crazy. They're all a little crazy, right? I mean, I guess that's what it, that's what Google's for. Okay. <laughs> the Google machine. <laughs> Google told me who Gretchen is. So now I know. I looked up wieners on the internet today. That's what I did. <laughs> hey, there's worse things I could be looking up. <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> Hashtag BBHB. <laughs> and for anyone that wants to get the inside story on that one, Tune in on Tuesdays to That Helps No One <laughs> Fantasy Cast uh, with myself, Steve Fisher, Ryan Hank, and Ted Wong on the Dean, Blund- Dean Blundell Network, uh, along with our show, The Ballhawks Podcast, which is also part of the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, happy to be here for episode 33. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. Don't forget the podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod. And again, I make a habit of not listening to Steve. So in case he said it, I'm going to repeat uh, it for him. Just in case, follow Steve as well at SSFisher87. Um, Steve, we always like to open our show. Uh, you know, I always like to know, like, how was your weekend? How was your Sunday? But this week, we uh, I, I kind of know how, how it was. But uh, I'm going to ask anyways, how was your weekend, bud? Yeah, so uh, we, we took our buddy Ted uh, at the aforementioned Ted Wong. It was his 40th birthday. We kind of kidnapped him. Um, it was more of like a show up at his house. He had underwear on, which was a pleasant surprise from being naked. Um, and we politely ushered him. I guess that's how old people kidnap people for their birthdays now. Um, yeah, we we all uh, we all went to Kamloops. We you know hit up some breweries. We played a or we attempted a round of golf. Um, lots of shenanigans in between there. And, uh, I'm sure you guys have been following along on the Twitter machine. Chris likes to nap and everybody knows Chris likes to nap now. (laughs) Yeah. You had it loaded ready. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so that actually wasn't planned, but uh, yeah, we, myself and Ryan yeah. kind of were, we were watching a little bit of Mean Girls. That's where the Gretchen Wieners reference comes in. We had a little downtime and we saw Chris napping. So we had to. It wasn't even like a nap. It was just, no, Chris, Chris passed out. That, that, was um, a, that was a dad nap. That was like a yeah, true oh yeah. dad nap, right? Yeah. Like if yeah, you, if you can't cross your arms and just nod off sitting up, are you even a dad? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Do you, do you even dad, bro? <laughs> do you even dad, bro? <laughs> like you have to be laying down when you sleep. That's not how dads do it. <laughs> yeah, that's not at all how dads do it. Now, I just want to point out as well that the liquor bottles that are surrounding my body <laughs> Um, so there's a couple of off ice bottles and a, a, a Mickey of pink Whitney. Um, those were planted. The, mm. the, 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 there was sabotage. Um, for sure there was sabotage, but, uh, yeah, I just, you know, it, after the, after, I mean, I started drinking at 10 o'clock and then after playing nine, nine holes of golf and getting all that fresh air. And I mean, I definitely had a few beverages while, uh, while playing golf also, uh, that yeah, in between golf and uh, and dinner, like like Steve said, had a little bit of downtime, and uh, you know, d- Dad just needed a, a little shut eye. Yeah, or like Dad four ju- naps. We're, we're Dad not really just sure needed to happened. rest his eyes. Yeah, yeah. So that <laughs> yeah, that, that that's the funny part is that picture doesn't even paint like the whole picture because it's like okay, like I had that little nap, and then we're like, okay, guys, like, let's all like go out like. Let's get to the hotel. Let's go grab a beer. And I'm like, I'm gonna have a shower so I can wake up before we head back out on the town. You know, the the booming metropolis that is Kamloops. <laughs> and uh, I was like, okay, let let's let me have a shower. Let me like you know just gather myself and, and I'll be ready to go. So I have the shower, um, get dressed. I'm sitting on the bed. I, I text Steve. I'm like, hey, where are you guys at? Or, where are you guys at? In between Steve texting me back and me just waiting for the response, I fell asleep again. Yeah. <laughs> so and now I... we called everybody. We called yeah. the hotel. We called the room. We called a friend at the hotel. We knocked on the door. Chris likes to nap. That's a, yeah. we we all found out. Chris likes to nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris fell asleep, and then. Uh, Finally, I, I wake up. I'm like, oh, the phone's ringing. That's weird. And somebody's at my door. What is going on? <laughs> so I let Darren in, answer the phone. It's Ted being like, dude, like, what's going on? Darren's been waiting for you. Yeah. All right. So we head head down to to meet up with you guys. Go out, grab some dinner, get back to the hotel. And your boy <laughs> did it again. <laughs> so we're all, it, it's not even like he did it again. Like we're all hanging out. And we're playing, I, I can't remember what they called it, but it's the old headband game, right? It's where you put a clue on the phone, you get it right, you f- flip it down, whatever. We're having a great time. And we're we're not quiet about it. Like, we're we're laughing, we're having a great time. And, uh, yeah, Chris is fully out cold, snoring away in between. And we're like, aww, dad fell asleep again. I, did, I didn't even know you guys were playing that nope. game. So. I had no clue. <laughs> Look at that. I learned something about your weekend. That's right. <laughs> hey, that's what I did this weekend. Fun. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I was down for the count uh, for that. Well, actually, I, I did wake up in the middle of the night and realized that we actually both ended up passing out because the TV was still on. Oh, yeah. I do that all the time, though. Yeah. So, yeah. Defense. So, I, I woke up. I turned off the TV and whatever. And, and then uh, today, get home. 
I fell asleep on the couch <laughs> shortly after getting home while watching the uh, watching the Cardinals 49ers game. Yeah, I fell asleep. I text Steve. I text Steve, being like, "Man, like, we're, I don't really know what we're talking about yet tonight for for the show." He's like, "Neither do I." I was like, "It's like I haven't really watched a lot of football." I was like, "No, neither have I." I fell asleep on the couch. He's like, "Again? <laughs> like, how many times can you just fall asleep <laughs> in like a forty-eight hour period instead of just yeah. going to bed?" Yeah. Well, um, guess what? There's, but wait, there's more. <laughs> I did it again after putting uh, my son to bed. It was in between putting him to bed and having to put my daughter to bed. Um, fell asleep on the couch again, oh, right before man. we jumped on here. So, so here Chris I am. Is... I made it, guys. I'm awake. Don't worry. We did it. Um, there, there was a big uh, Twitter poll going on, or you know, retweets happening. Will Chris show up this week? And uh, you did set the record again this week. That's 33 straight times. Tired or not, Chris will always be here. I can't lose the streak. I'm, I'm going for that Ripken number. That's right, our our boy. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get in. Let's jump into a little NFL news here. Um, we definitely, obviously, we were traveling back from said Metropolitan Kamloops uh, when the the morning games were going on, and you guys were kind of giving us the update and. Um, I managed to watch a little bit of afternoon games. Uh, the first thing that stuck out to me, and I didn't actually see this, I was just watching clips of it. Uh, we're titling this part Idiot Kickers. Paying homage to uh, a Peyton Manning talking about, uh, are we talking about an idiot kicker? Got drunk up in Canada and <laughs> yeah. ran his mouth? One of the best sound bites of all time. And that was What's the... Oh. Wait, wasn't that on like a Thanksgiving weekend too? I want to say it might have been actually been on the Thanksgiving weekend. And what was it? Mike Vanderjag missed the field goal or was something weird happened and just calls calls his own team out. We're talking about an idiot kicker. I'll never forget that. Yeah. Um, but the one we're talking about this week was maybe the most wild kicking mishap I've... Like, we did an episode not too long about long ago about special teams mayhem this one would have fit in perfectly with that theme we had the green bay packers taking on the cincinnati Bengals. um it's 22 to 22 uh and there's a whole bunch of missed field goals going on so in the last almost two minutes of regulation and then into overtime there were five missed field goals. Um, now, you know what? In their defense, slightly, uh, they weren't the the easiest of field goals. Uh, it looks like Crosby missed a 36-yarder. That, that's pretty easy. But then uh, McPherson misses a 57. Crosby misses a 51. Crosby misses a 40. McPherson misses a 49. But my favorite part of this, this is what got me onto the do like wanting to even talk about this is McPherson kicks it and the whole Bengals team starts cheering away. Like they're picking him up and they're fist pumping like, woo, we just won. And then they didn't realize he missed the field goal. Like I've never seen anything like that where they're cheering before it actually goes through the uprights and holy do they look dumb doing it. You got her queued up here. I do. Yeah. We got the thinking wheel of death going on here. Oh, there, there we go. There we go. So here we go. 49-yard attempt to win in overtime after your quarterback. Like, 
And then, oh, yeah, we did it, guys. We did it. Hey, congratulations. We missed a kid. Oh, oh, oops. So sad. Like, just brutal. Like, I saw that. I'm like, oh, that's going on, like, misplays of the week That's going to be a misplay, just a misplay of the NFL on forever. You, I, you, I'm willing. I'm willing to bet that shows up on uh, Monday Night Football. Come on, man! Come on, man! That's got to uh, show up for sure. Right, and uh, you know, obviously, being a Ravens fan, we've had our our kind of giggles at kicking mishaps. Uh, you know, I've heard some people just saying, "Hand Justin Tucker a blank check." Uh, I've seen people just posting pictures of Jake Verity, who's on the Ravens practice squad, saying. We'll take a third for him. Um, yeah, it's just it's wild. Like the f- and and again, like like I said, these are not chip shots by maybe a thirty six yarder is a slight chip shot, but missing fifty sevens, fifty ones, that's not a huge deal. If it didn't happen five within like the end of the game, I think that would you know probably wouldn't have shone like so much light onto it. Um, but obviously that was fun and it was fun that the Packers beat the Bengals cause nobody likes the Bengals. And, uh, well, I mean, I don't, I like would have liked to have seen a, uh, the Bengals pull that one out. Um, but just cause I, I love seeing Aaron Rodgers lose. Just right. love seeing his stupid smug face. And if we're being you honest, know, like, the, the Packers losing helps the Seahawks in a potential wild card race. That's well, yeah, there's that. That's what know, was, yeah. just minor, minor detail. Yeah. Um, and like that wasn't like, I mean, the five, five consecutive missed field goals, like that's bad. But there was missed PATs all over the league today. Right. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it about one of the games that we're going to talk about here shortly. But missed PATs, uh, multiple games, uh, some teams in the same game um it's just i don't know what's going on with like who like what's going on with these kickers this year man maybe, maybe it uh, was as windy as it was for us playing golf hey the the chicago of british columbia <laughs> the was, chicago was pretty windy. kamloops um for any of you in kamloops that are listening uh we tried playing golf and i mean i can't play golf to begin with but having wind on top of it really showed that i can't play golf um but that was fun. Um, one one thing I wanted to chat about. Let's stick in the NFC here. Uh, we we both had talked about Trayvon Diggs of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I put on the the rundown defensive player of the year question mark. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I mean, he's definitely making a, a, a case for himself. I know Richard Sherman actually tweeted it out uh, earlier today oh, right. as well. Like Trayvon. Yeah, Trevon Diggs, def- you know, defensive player of the year already or something along those lines. Yeah. Um, six interceptions uh, through five games is like, that's ridiculous numbers. And obviously he's not going to be able to keep that up through, a, you know, a 17 game season. If he can, 17. like he'll just smash records, obviously. Um, but the reason why I don't think he ends up defensive player of the year is, I mean, like I just said, he's not going to keep up those numbers throughout the year. Um, but unfortunately, also, um, sacks matter. And uh, when people are voting for Defensive Player of the Year, they're yeah. looking at the linebackers, the D linemen, the, the guys that are getting those sacks in on the quarterback. Um, unfortunately, they're not looking at 
the guys. I mean, Stefan Gilmore did win it in 2019, I guess. Um, or was it 2020? Uh, but either way, yeah. Stefan Gilmore did re- win it recently. Uh, but I just, I don't, I don't see it happening for Trevon Diggs. How many interceptions no. does he have to get to before it's like a legitimate question whether he's, you know, top three in voting even? Uh, I mean, if he can keep it up and like, let's say if like by week, I'm going to say even by like week 10, if he's at eight interceptions by week 10, he's for sure in that, like, I don't know if I'll say top three, but for sure he's in like the top five, like he's in the conversation. Hmm. Uh, by, by, if he's at eight by week 10, if he's, I mean, if he surpasses that by week 10, then, uh, you know, that's, that's just helping further cement his point. Yeah. Yeah. When we were talking about that, I was looking up some things because I was trying to ask myself if you're going to be a defensive player of the year, it means that you are leading your team to like a resurgent defense. And we all know how bad the Cowboys defense was last year, like basically dead last in almost every category. Um, This year, they're stuffing the run really well. Like they're not giving up a lot of rushing yards. However, they're still giving up a ton of passing yards. Like they're in the bottom three for passing yards, which would lead me to think that, well, if you were that huge of an impact, you know, with those interceptions would, you know, wouldn't that lower some of the passing yards because you're helping out the the secondary? And then I turn to how many points a game they're giving up, and they're actually 15th. So they're right in middle of the pack, um, giving up 23.4 points per game, which doesn't sound great, but when you kind of balance that with where they were last year, um, you know, I, I think this defense has enough in what they're doing to give this team a chance to be a legitimate contender. Now, do do I think they have Super Bowl aspirations? That's kind of a long shot, but their offense is, you know, plugging along just fine. You know, they've got that two-headed monster with uh, Tony Pollard and Zeke. They've obviously got the weapons uh, on receiving and having a healthy DAC obviously helps. Um, I, I know we trash on the Cowboys a lot, but getting a guy like Micah Parsons, getting a guy like Jabril Cox this year. They brought in uh, uh, Malik Hooker, who was a former first-round pick, couldn't stay healthy. They brought in Keanu Neal. This defense actually is starting to shape up to be, you know, good enough, I guess. Like, it's it's that classic bend-but-don't-break defense. We're giving up a lot of yards. We're just not giving up points. Well, guess what? I don't care how many yards you give up. Points are the only thing that matters when you win or lose. And that, I mean, that mentality, um, you know, who's their defensive coordinator? Dan Quinn. Oh, right. Who was, the, who was the, def- who was the defensive coordinator in Seattle for those LOB bend don't break seasons? Yeah. D- Dan Quinn. Right. So that, that's totally his mentality is like, give up all the, like all the yards you want between, you know, the, the, the zeros uh, or the one, and the one. Um, but like, once you get to that one yard line, like that's it. No yeah. more. And we right. ta- we've talked about this many times on the podcast, how uh, teams that are settling for field goals are not going to be sustainable winners. And that's what a guy like Dan Quinn wants when he's establishing this kind of bend but don't break mentality. So, you know, the Cowboys could be a sneaky pick at like a dark horse run to the Super Bowl. I, w- I wouldn't put it out of the realm. Whereas if you asked me this at the start of the year, I probably would have laughed at you, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they're they're, ooh, they're playing with Col- ooh. Um, sorry, the, the Clyde Edwards Alaire just got like carried off the field, like literally couldn't eat, like no feet touching the ground. Tyree Kill, one of the trainers, were carrying him off the field. Um, they're they're playing with sorry the, the the Cowboys are playing with a lot of confidence right now. Yeah, and playing with confidence makes a huge difference. If you you know aren't the most skilled guy, but you're playing with the confidence that you are or that you're playing with the confidence that like I'm in this system that is going to help me excel that, that, you know, helps you play just that, that little bit better. Right. Yeah. So, um, I know I was going to save this for, for the, the fourth kind of thing to talk about, but it kind of bridges really nicely and that's the game you're watching right now. Obviously, it's 24 to 13. Uh, oh, did they? Is there a big Mahomes play? Just, Mahomes just threw a pick six. 30 to, thir- 30 to 13. Okay, well then this maybe is the perfect time to bring it up. Uh, I have written down here, Mahomes slash Chiefs in trouble question mark. What do you think? Because they're not playing. Like we were just talking about playing with confidence. When yeah. that team is playing with confidence... They are steamrolling people, and it just yeah. seems like they've got nothing going for them. Their defense isn't good. It's um, horrible. Their defense is horrible. Yeah. Um, I feel like I, I feel like they've played too much football the last few seasons. Like you know, what I mean, like going to back to back Super Bowls. Um, the year before that, they went deep in the playoffs as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I just I feel like they're trying to get too cute as well. Mm. Like I don't know about you, but like I'm sick of seeing like the the shovel pass, the shovel pass, the no look pass. Yeah. They're like, oh look, like just like I get it, you can do it, and like, but like it's become too much of a regular part of their offense. Uh, when I feel like you know, save that for moments where you might actually catch people off guard because a lot of people are catching on to it now. Yeah. Like actually, um, th- the Browns pulled off the shovel pass today. They mm. literally like exact play out of the chief's playbook. Yeah. And he did the shovel pass to Austin Hooper for the two point conversion. Hmm. And it worked because nobody expected it. Nobody expected Baker Mayfield to pull that off. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like they're, they're tired. Um, people are maybe catching on to their schemes a little bit. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Mahomes is still like otherworldly talented. Um, 100%. but I, everyone else around him is, is, uh, kind of dropping off a little bit, especially on that defense. That defense is, uh, is Seahawks level gross. I feel like they're doing the exact opposite of what we were just talking about. The, uh, Cowboys doing where last year their defense was, it wasn't like out of this world great, but it was enough to give Mahomes a chance to do what he does. Now they're so bad that there's, like a ton of pressure on Mahomes, and like you said, he he's not getting that extra production that he needs. We you know obviously Tyreek Hill can go off at any time, um, but Tyreek is so boomer bust, right? And a he lot of team, just... a lot of teams are literally saying, "Beat us with anybody else other than Kelsey and Hill, and we'll give it to you." And nobody's like, you can't expect Jody Fortson to be your leading touchdown guy at the end of the year. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's yeah, do one more. Um, oh, go ahead. I mean, you know, it, it. I guess leading into kind of our our last thing that we're going to yeah. talk about here, um, with how well the Chargers are playing. Yeah, the Chiefs probably are in trouble. 
Yeah. Um, at least in their own division, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, you, you factor in like they're playing the Bills right now who are going to be, you know, one of the top three teams in the conference. Um, they, I mean, they already played the Browns. They beat the Browns at the start of the year, but like the Browns are looking better and better. Um, the Ravens are, you know, uh, hitting their stride as well, right? So it's like for, for sure there, there's, you know, going to be some, you know, trouble in, in paradise. And I, I understand, you know, you can't, make the playoffs every year. But, um, you know, when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes, that's certainly the expectation. Yeah, I completely agree. When I, I was looking at, obviously, divisions and stuff like that, LA moves to 4-1 and one after their win today. Uh, things aren't, you know, you never count Mahomes out this early in a game. But if it's going that way, they're going to be sitting there at two games back of the division. And... uh and one so, of those losses was to the Chargers. Right. It, yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's something that's not right with that team. I don't know what it is. Um, you might be right. It might be that they've played so much football. They're kind of losing that, you know, juice and spark year after year, you know, coming up short. But um, I, was, I, was, I was also going to just add in there, like, yeah, maybe to add into the playing a, a, a lot of football is like, are they maybe losing the drive a little bit? Yeah. Right. Like, who knows? Or or are they overconfident? Like that's a, that's an issue too, right? Like, yeah. oh, we've been in the last two Super Bowls. And like, yeah, sure. Right now we're behind 18 points. Like, ah, whatever. We can come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? We like, do that all the I don't time. Know. Yeah, right. Yeah, who it's gonna be like if they lose this game, I I know it's still only five games into the season, uh, but that's huge cause for concern and I don't know enough about their injury report, but I don't remember hearing any of the their major stars being injured. So up until this point, they've had like buccaneer luck of last year with no injuries. What happens if they get a, like a, a major injury on that offense, especially the defense mm-hmm. is going to continue to bleed forever. But on offense, if they lose, you know, well, you said uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was kind of walking off. What if they lose, you know, a Tyreek Hill or I, I think even worse, Travis Kelsey for any amount of time? Like, it doesn't even have to be a season-ending injury because they don't have time to kind of ki- play catch-up uh, in the AFC. There's lots of great AFC teams right now that, you know, could push them out of a, a wild card spot. They're not even, they're dead. If they lose this game, they're last in their division. Like, wow. you want to <laughs> talk about trying to get a wild card spot. How about not being last in your division? Yeah. Um, yeah, let's move to the LA Cleveland game. I didn't see any of this, but you were messaging me nonstop. Uh, my dad wanted to watch a different game, so I was kind of following along on the ticker. Pure insanity. Uh, and well, actually, since you watched it, why don't you tell us kind of the, the yeah. final end there? Yeah, I mean, that, that game was absolute bananas, like just back and forth, like shootout style football. Um, I, I was watching the 49ers Cardinals game just because I was more, I guess, invested in that one just because it's it's a you know division game. So I was I was paying really close attention to that one. Um, had my little my little couch nap, and uh, when I woke up and I saw the score in the Browns Chargers game, I was like, why haven't I been watching this game the entire time? So I, right. I threw that game on and caught most of the fourth quarter. Uh, craziness like just absolute mad like david and joku i think had like a 70 plus yard touchdown uh like just turned on the burners and got downfield which was super impressive to see from a guy that size <laughs> um 
but Justin Herbert, man, like I'm so impressed with that kid. Like he just like did not give up, did not give in. Was like, nope, like we're in this, we're in this, we're in this, we're in. Like we we've got a chance here, and you know they score again, and then to go back and forth and back and forth. And anyways, kind of ended there with uh, it was like a minute and a half left, and the Chargers had the ball in like the two or the three yard line, and they're just looking at. Browns had no timeouts left, so let's just kill some clock, kick the field goal, and go home. Well, the Browns were like, <laughs> not on our clock. <laughs> um, so they actually grabbed Eckler, and the defense pushed Eckler into the end zone to make sure he would score a touchdown so that they would get the ball back uh, in in hopes of scoring the game tying touchdown yeah. um it didn't it didn't work in their favor um the browns weren't able to get down the field and, and score that game tying touchdown but i mean i know i see it all the time when i'm watching football and i'm sure you do as well but it's, it's like let them score as we get the ball back with more time on the clock and the browns defense were like <laughs> literally please score so we can get the ball back i i i I liked the strategy, you know. Like I said, it, it didn't pay off, um, but I, I definitely think it was it was the correct strategy to take, um, rather than letting them run off time, kick a chip shot field goal to win the game. In that scenario, you're not giving your team a real chance, right? So yeah, I'm trying to remember. There was a game in the playoffs where this kind of came up. Someone tried to take a knee on the one and ended up scoring. Do you remember which one I'm talking about? I know what happened in the regular season last year with Todd Gurley. Um, Oh, maybe it was the Gurley one. Yeah. Todd Gurley last year in the regular season against uh, Detroit went to take a knee, uh, did not do it properly, ended up in the end zone. And then Detroit drove the field and won the game. Hmm. Yeah. It might've, Anyways, the the whole idea of do you let the guy score or like in this case, physically push him in and be like, no, take the score. We're going to go down and, you know, we're going to put our fate in our hands to see another day. And I get that. And when it's happening to my team, I tend to I always want the fate to be in my own team's hands rather than like hoping that my defense can, uh, you know, make that stop or whatever it is. But I'm actually going to play a little devil's advocate on here because there was a a playoff game a few handful of years ago, uh, the Patriots versus the Ravens in Foxborough. Ravens come down. Ball gets thrown into the end zone. Lee Evans goes to catch it. And it's in his hands. He just needs to make a football move. And the Patriots DB pops that ball out because he was too busy looking at the score clock already because he thought he scored. Strike number one. You think to yourself, well, if he just let him have it, well, then we got to go down and score. Now we have Tom Brady, so we're we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. So, okay, Lee Evans doesn't score because the Patriots battle back. Then, to tie the game to go into overtime, uh, you know, they have Billy Cundiff kick the ball, chip shot of a a kick. All of the Ravens nation was like, okay, let's get ready for overtime, and he misses it wide, wide, wide. Uh, This is the year before the Ravens win the Super Bowl. 
which sparked the whole big thing of Ray Lewis's locker game speech saying we're going back next year kind of thing. And um, so I would say I want to be I want to be the offense deciding how the game ends. But we just talked about bend and don't break. Maybe you get a blocked field goal. Maybe the kicker pushes it. Maybe it's a missed snap. Like there's so many things that could go wrong. The kicker just like flat out miss those things. We've seen a ton of them. I mean, we saw five missed field goals, a 36 yep. yarder, right? So it, I, I get the argument behind that, but I still think I would rather them make a play uh, than just give them the touchdown. Like I, I don't mind if a, you know a team scores and in my team gets a chance to go back, uh, but make them earn it. I guess would be the thing I would want. If it's my yeah, team. Um, and, and that's the thing, like the, the Chargers kicker missed two PATs today. So it's not like the yeah. chip shot field goal was, was a guaranteed thing. But yeah. I, I do still think that um, the, the Browns forcing, I'm not even saying letting him score, forcing him to score um, <laughs> was, was still the right thing to do, especially with the way the offense was was performing. Um, and I mean, the, the Chargers defense didn't seem to have an answer for them for most of the game. So why not get your offense back on the field and, and again, give them the best opportunity. But either way, it didn't work out. It was a super exciting um, fourth quarter to watch. Um, like I said, I didn't see the whole game, but the fourth quarter was fun anyways. And uh, you know, some big plays and God, I think I, I just in the fourth quarter alone, I want to say I saw like three or four touchdowns. So it was uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, and it ended with a Browns loss. So, uh, best case scenario, another yeah. division and rival now, losing a game. I yeah. can't be more happy. And now the Chargers are four and one again. We're talking about you know teams that are playing with a lot of confidence, and the Chargers definitely fit that bill. Like they look fantastic. Brandon Staley's got a really good system yeah. going going there in LA. Um, offense is clicking, defense is clicking. Derwin James is. I'm going to knock on wood because I don't want this to, you know, I don't want to be the guy that jinxes him. Derwin James has managed to stay healthy so far, proving why he was a first round draft pick. Uh, I think it was three years ago. Like he is when he was, I think he got drafted. It was like right after Cam Chancellor got hurt. And I was like, I want him (laughs) in Seattle so, so bad. Um, I mean, of course, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I love Derwin James. I think he's an absolute stud, and uh, and he's proving it uh, th- this year, along with Justin Herbert. Like Justin Herbert is, I will, uh, you know, fanboy for for Justin Herbert uh, all day long because he's so handsome with those long locks. So so handsome. Um, yeah, I, I I think you're right there. I think the the Chargers are huge contenders you know not only a top team but maybe even the favorite with how good they've looked uh you know beating those top teams and and uh showing they belong there let's uh let's do a little rewind here uh we know so we know both of our teams had a primetime matchup this week the seahawks already played on thursday night football you know, the Ravens are going to be playing tomorrow night on Monday Night Football. So let's have the Thursday Night Football recap and why the word mallet is now a common word in the football world talk. 
Yeah. Um, so Seahawks had another uh, very, very important divisional round matchup versus the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, after beating the Niners last week, uh, the Seahawks went into this game. I mean, they were two and two, but I mean, really, again, when you're playing within your uh, division, those divisional games are must win games at all points of the season. I don't care if it's game one or game 17, those divisional games are absolute must win. Um, but especially with the, where the Seahawks are at uh, right now, at being two and two, they, they really needed to, you know, get above 500. And uh, if they could pick up two wins in the division, that would have been huge. Unfortunately, things didn't work out for them. Of course, um, you know, to start the game, the Seahawks, uh, Pete Carroll actually went for it on fourth down. <laughs> Um, Yay, I couldn't, Pete. Yeah, couldn't you're doing it. it, Peter. Yeah, fourth <laughs> and two. You're doing it. But instead of like, so first down, the Seahawks run the ball. Second down, the Seahawks run the ball. Third down, the Seahawks run the ball. Fourth and two, Seahawks run the ball. Like your best player on your team is your quarterback, and you've taken the ball out of his hand for the last four plays, including this pivotal fourth down play. Like. Yeah, so that was like I just felt like it was like Pete Carroll like sticking the middle finger to all of us Seahawks fans for calling him a coward for the last two years for not going for it on fourth down and just be like, see, this is why we don't do it, guys. <laughs> like, I'm just proving my point that I'm right and I'm smarter than all of you. And like, I can't like remember we, if it was before that see? or after that, but there was another fourth down where he, they were on like, I think they were on the Rams 43 yard line. Again, it was a fourth and short. I think I want to say like a fourth and three or a fourth and fourth and four, and he punted it. And I I remember tweeting, being like, "Oh, there's Pete Coward back again, like you know, proving that he trusts his awful defense for some reason more than he trusts his superstar uh, quarterback." But whatever, it is what it is. And actually, I will say that the defense did a great job. The defense. Um, at least for the first half, uh, looked really good. They they held the Rams in check for the most part. Um, you know they they gave their offense the best opportunity to be involved to be, you know, in the game and and competing. And uh, I mean the Seahawks had a chance to go up right before halftime, and a uh, Tyler Lockett touchdown got called back on a ticky tack oh, holding call, um, which so I know you were. Yeah, you were frustrated about because of course Tyler Lockett is your. Uh, favorite fantasy football player of all time. So you really want to see that guy score because you love him so much. Has nothing to do with fantasy though. Uh, Just my favorite player of all time. Yeah. So I think that would have put them up like 14, three going into the half or something like that. And then, you know, went to the half. uh, I think they were up uh, 10, three or no, whatever. That's right. Cause Myers missed the field goal, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, cause only cause I remember you saying, uh, you know, I wish we were up 14 to three, but we've played a really good half kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, they, they were winning. They were winning at yeah. half at home. Yeah. You had to feel pretty good about that going into half, like especially with the Rams who have been a powerhouse on offense, holding that team to three points, regardless of what your offense did or didn't do and how it didn't look. You held the like powerhouse Rams team to three points at half. That's impressive. And DK Metcalf was looking good. Yeah, he was, beating, he was getting in the he game. Was, he was beating Jalen Ramsey, and like he ended the game, I think with like it was like ninety-eight yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. His first touchdown came on, came against Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, which was huge. Um, so yeah, I mean everything 
you know, things were looking good. Tale of two um, halves again, hey? Exactly. Is that Tale not of the theme halves. of the Seahawks this year? Oh, not just this year, man. It's <laughs> that is this has been the Seahawks uh, for the last ten years with Russell Wilson and, and Pete Carroll. It's like either it's the tail of two halves or it's uh, playing down to uh, inferior opponents and and like you know playing a. I'm going to pick on the Detroit Lions just because it's Detroit easy. Lions. Uh, playing like playing a team like the Lions and like playing down to their level. I mean, they're still a professional football team. They're still in the NFL and blah, 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 blah. But like, again, they're easy to pick on. So I'm just picking on them because it's easy, <laughs> but like, it, it's just, yeah, that, that's been the case for the last 10 years. And yeah, tail two halves and, you know, second half rolls around and, um, and the wheels fell off and the wheels fell off quick, quick. hard and fast. Yeah. And it was just like, like, I mean, I, I was frustrated for other reasons that evening, but like watching that game again, I, I felt like I was watching the 49ers game from the week before where, where I just wanted to turn the game off and walk away, which maybe I should have. I don't, I don't know. Um, but you keep it was saying just, that. What's that? You keep saying that, but we both know you're not going to. Well, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to just, you know, lip service. <laughs> I really for my emotional well-being not watch <laughs> which is yeah. not a lie yeah no yeah it's not a lie nope. i get way too emotionally invested yeah um and then of course the um you know most dreaded thing that could possibly happen for the seattle seahawks for all the 12s uh, not just in washington state but across the world um happened and russell wilson got hurt and at first we were like you know, he heard his, you know, saw it. He heard his hand. You could see his finger look, looking all like this and all weird. And his middle finger. And we're like, what's going on? And uh, he, I think he missed maybe one play. Then he came back in. And then the Seahawks didn't go for it on fourth down. And people were, the fans were booing. And I'm like, I don't think people in the stadium realize how hurt Russ actually is. Yeah. And then next thing you know, it's Geno Smith's got his helmet on. And Geno Smith's coming back in for the next drive. And you're like, like, these are like Russell Wilson hasn't missed any meaningful snaps of football in the last 10 years. Yeah. Like he's, he's bowed out of games when they've gotten out of hand. Yeah. Um, like last year, actually I, I, someone called me out on this on, on Twitter, but Gino actually got into a game last year against the jets, but the CS were up like 40 to three. So Russ bowed out sort of thing. Right. Sure. That's fine. But yeah, this was his first time missing meaningful snaps in 10 years. He's never missed a start. And of course, speculation starts running. Like you see Russ on the sideline with a tennis ball in his hand, with like tennis ball and foam, like to like keep his hand in place. And like the people are talking about a mallet finger. It's like <laughs> Russ has mallet finger. I, the, I still don't really know what it is, to be perfectly honest. I only know what it is because Ted has two mallet, well, three, but he managed to fix one because he actually cared about his middle finger. Um, pinky fingers, I guess, don't matter. Um, but yeah, all, people talk about mallet finger and this and that. And like and Geno Smith, I just want to start. Sorry, before I go more into this Russell Wilson thing, Geno Smith looked unreal. Yeah, Geno Smith came in. He looked poised. He looked confident. He looked like he knew what he was doing in the system. Um, I mean, I, I said it on Twitter, and, and and I hate I I always hate like calling out Russ's height. Um, but like it was it was very interesting seeing the exact same scheme being run by a quarterback who is like four or five inches taller 
he was just that much more poised in the pocket and not like not always looking to get out of the pocket, not always like scrambling around trying to break the pocket. He was very, very cool, calm, and collected. Um, I mean, he had an opportunity to to drive the field and and win the game. And again, it, unfortunately, it didn't happen. Tyler Lockett got tripped up, and you know, say it was pi, say whatever you want, it probably wasn't. I mean, there's two guys running down the field and they got caught up together. Um, it, whatever, it happens. The Seahawks lost the game. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah, Gina looked great. I'm fully confident in him starting um, these next however many games. I mean, people are saying that Russ is going to be out six to eight weeks. I saw another report today that Russ is actually aiming to be back closer to four weeks. So Russ is apparently aiming to be back for that Packers game in week 10. So that would mean Gino starts next week against the Steelers. And then he starts at home against the Jaguars at, at home against the saints. And then the Seahawks get the bye. Um, I have all the confidence in the world that Gino Smith can win these next three games. At worst, I think Gino Smith comes out of these next three games, two and one. Now things could happen. And again, the wheels could fall off. The defense sucks. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, but there's a lot of people <clears throat> clamoring on Seahawks, Twitter, Oh, the Seahawks need to sign Cam Newton. The Seahawks need to sign Cam Newton. Which right. I, I've had a couple of people in, in private messages say the same thing to me. Or I, I had one person be like, oh, the Seahawks should sign Kaepernick. And I'm like, okay, like <laughs> if, if the Seahawks are going to sign any street free agent quarterback, it better not be a guy that's been out of football for the last five years. <laughs> like the Colin Kaepernick thing, like his time has come and gone. Like it, it, it's over yeah. for him. He's not going to play football again. And that has nothing to do with his. Uh, athletic ability has nothing to do with his activist uh, standpoint. It simply has to do with the fact that he's been out of football for too long. Yeah. Um, th- that's it. Plain and simple. Uh, so I, I mean, yeah, I would, if they're going to sign any free agent, I would rather see them sign Cam Newton. But at this point, like you said, it's Gino's team. It's Gino Smith's world. Let him do his thing and let's roll. And uh, Russell Wilson's going to miss some football for the first time in, in 10 years. So yeah, it was kind of interesting. Uh, obviously, you know this, everyone. Knows, uh, that Thursday, uh, my kids had earned a movie night, so we were uh, in the middle of watching a little bit of Disney, and uh, I turned the TV on once they I'd put them down for bed, and I messaged you right away. Why is Geno Smith playing? <laughs> You're like, oh, I think uh, Russ broke his finger, kind of thing. That was that was the thing, you know, I, I scroll on the Internet. It's like Russ has a sprained finger, possibly. And then I saw the picture of him walking out. And only because of our friend Ted, the second I saw that picture and his middle finger part was just dangling there. I was like, oh, that's mallet finger. And I, I think I even I'd have to go back and look at our messages, but I'm pretty sure I messaged you like that's mallet finger. I, I know that I know it to see it and only because our friend Ted had it. So. I'm no doctor, but, you know, it's when the tendons have, you know, stretched or or torn, whatever that is. So the clue that gave it away to me was the whole tennis ball thing. Like you have to you have to put a little bit of, I guess, something to to hold it all together while it's reattaching. So he wants to be back in four weeks. If his trainers and doctors say that they're smarter than I am in the medical field, Hopefully he does it. I love seeing Russell Wilson play. Hopefully he does it. Um, everything I've, you know, we were talking with Ted this weekend about it. It sounds more like it's going to be like a six week kind of thing. 
if you accidentally go back too early and it hits it again, you have to restart the clock on mallet finger. So it's one of those things. Why rush it back? You know, definitely not before that, that bye week, but, uh, unfortunately Russ is going to miss some, some meaningful time. The league is a better place when Russell Wilson is playing in it. So huge bummer for you. I know that, but huge bummer just for NFL fans in general, because, you know, last week we did an episode called Russ equals magic man. That's what Russell right. Wilson is like. He's exciting. It's good for football. Uh, you don't want to see a guy like that uh, miss some time. Uh, and, and I mean, you saw me shrug my shoulders when you're like, obviously you're upset. And like, I mean, you I, I'm a fair, like I, I'm a, I am like, I don't know. Like I'm a bit of a realist fan as well. Like I know you and I discuss this a lot where it's just like, like it's a contact sport. Like shit happens. Like, guys get hurt and I, we've been very lucky that our guy hasn't got hurt in the last 10 years. Right. right. So it is what it is, right? Like it, it's, I mean, I, I'm lucky or I'm glad it's a finger and not something more serious. I mean, yeah, he's, he's still going to miss some time, um, but he can come back this season. Um, so I'm just thankful it wasn't like a, you know, ACL or for, uh, an Achilles or something like that. Right. So Yeah. Like when I say you're upset, it's, you never want to see your guy go down. It's, worst case scenario because he's your best player but in the grand scheme of injuries you know he clearly had surgery to fix it man did he look like he was out of it he's got the classic glasses on he's like just melted in his chair and everyone's like yep russ got some good painkillers that's for darn sure i was just about to bring that up and like if, if anybody hasn't seen the picture yet of russ uh in in the hospital right after getting the surgery with his glasses on he's got uh he's trying to hide them he's got a couple of juice boxes in his hand though <laughs> yeah. and it's just like he's so high beautiful yeah, he yeah he got uh he got like you said he got, he got the good pain meds and uh got that dealt with immediately and uh all i can say is heal up heal up quick but and, Again, and do maybe it properly. That's where... don't don't rush back. And uh, I can't wait to see Russell Wilson uh, back in a Seahawks jersey this season. Definitely. Um, I was just going to say maybe that's where the four week timeline comes from because you know I know people will will like splint their finger or whatever it is, and they just can't straighten their finger for you know six weeks, and that's how it reattaches. So maybe if you do you know full surgery where they reattach the tendons you know, you're definitely out for sure, but, uh, maybe it, maybe it heals quicker. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, we're going to move into a little Monday night football preview. Obviously my team, the Baltimore Ravens first place in the AFC North. Um, they are at home to play the Indianapolis Colts. On paper, this looks like it should be a Ravens win, uh, three and one team, a one in three team coming to your house, but uh, I, I think there's a lot more to it than what the records show. You know, the Colts had a tough start to their year. Obviously, they played uh, your Seahawks in Week One. They they lost to to a good Seahawks team there. They then had to play another uh, one of your division rivals, the Rams. They lost a tough 27 to 24 game to the Rams. Uh, they went to Tennessee. They lost to a Tennessee team. Things were looking pretty bad for the Colts. 
then they go to the Dolphins last week and they get their first win. And this Monday night football could be a whole different ball game if they go to the Dolphins and lose and they're an 0-4 team. They're most likely shipping a couple guys off or putting certain guys, you know, on IR because their season is probably lost if they go 0-4 to start the year. So they come to the Ravens. Um, I think Carson Wentz is dealing with two sprained ankles. Two sprains. Two sprained, like... Not just one, two sprained ankles. So, you know, it wouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure out the key to this game is going to be Baltimore defense, getting pressure, making Carson Wentz move, making him feel uncomfortable, um, and just sending pressure over and over to that guy. Um, He's still dangerous. I know he's not having a huge, crazy, you know, MVP type season but he's got lots of weapons there he's got Pascal he's got Pittman uh and then their running game with Jonathan Taylor Thomas as you like to call him uh Naheem Hines I've heard reports that Naheem Hines might be out for this game or he's questionable uh but they still have Marlon Mack who just came back and uh it's a dangerous team so stop the run on defense get pressure on Wentz when it's an obvious passing situation um and I think this should be a win for the Ravens. I mean obviously I'm hoping it's a win for the Ravens but they're gonna have some key key people coming back to stopping that run um I think our DBs are playing at a ridiculous level we know Marlon Humphrey obviously plays at a high level but his opposite fellow Alabama corner Anthony Averett is playing at a possible Pro Bowl level uh, early on here. Obviously, he kind of gets overshadowed, but he's playing so well that defense is clicking in the back end. Um, And I have no doubt that the offense is going to be able to sustain success. I do think that the Colts are a very underrated defense. They've got a lot of guys who aren't your huge names, Um, but they are fast. They fly to the football. Um, so the, the Ravens are really going to have to work on, you know, execution, execution, execution. They struggle with teams that play them fast. So how do you stop that? You have to execute before they can make the play on you. Um, and then obviously like turnovers, turnovers are going to be huge. We talk about it every week on this podcast. I feel like Teams who win the turnover battle almost always win. So don't let your your home crowd get deflated. Don't let them sort of fizzle out of the game. Strike early, strike often. Don't give them reason to sort of have that nervous energy that is so horrible watching TV. And you can like you can feel the crowd getting a little nerve wracked because uh, you should be winning and not turning the ball over. Um. Yeah, are you gonna be watching? Well, I'll, I'll be watching. Um, I was, gonna, I was gonna say no. I'll be at work. Actually, I won't be at work. You won't be at work. It's Thanksgiving Monday. Um, it is Carter's birthday tomorrow. Um, but uh, guess what, Carter? I don't care. It's your birthday. Dad still runs the TV because he <laughs> pays the bills. Uh, <laughs> we, what did you want for your are, birthday? You want Dad to watch TV on the couch with some extra pumpkin pie? Okay. 
Yeah, perfect. I got you, bud. Perfect. You should. Uh, <laughs> uh, Nadine posted them on Instagram. I just remembered you don't have Instagram, but uh, um, had some pumpkin pie tonight. And uh, every time we have pumpkin pie, we have pumpkin pie, whipped cream, and the kids are like, "I did it once." And of course, you do it once, and the kids remember forever. Like, yeah, could you shoot whipped cream into my mouth? I'm like, yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Like, it's it's harmless. My dad used to do it all the time oh. for for us kids as well, and like. It's fun. It's something they're going to always remember and enjoy. So anyways. Used to do it? You're telling me you, you grab whipped cream and you don't squirt some in your mouth? I don't anymore, no. <sighs> yeah, but like, don't worry. I you make up for it with how much I put on something? my pie. Um, <laughs> but like, so anyways, I, I, I spray the whipped cream in Carter's mouth. He's laughing and then I sprayed some on like the tip of his nose and he just thought that was absolutely hilarious. I like, um, I like doing it where you like you really fill it up so they don't know if they should like close their mouth to eat part of it. Like, and then it obviously like drips on their face. You're, you're right. It's just like one of those, one of those fun things that every, I feel like every kid remembers nostalgically of like, Oh, whipped cream in my mouth. Like, this is so funny. There's nothing actually that funny about it, but there is something very funny about it as well. Yeah. It's just like, it, it feels like it's something that you shouldn't be doing. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, we'll, we'll be going out for dinner tomorrow. I think Carter picked red Robin. Um, nice. but we'll, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely be watching the Monday night football game. Um, after we get home from being out for dinner. Yeah. So obviously it's going to, you know, drop tomorrow. So if Carter happens to be listening, happy birthday, buddy, hopefully, uh, mom and dad spoil you with lots of things. Uh, eat lots of candy and pop and uh, maybe even some ice cream in there. After I feed you all those things, buddy, I will go drop you off at Steve's house and you can hang out with uh, Steve and Alyssa and, and the kids out there. We're going to be partying, <laughs> partying like it's yeah. 99 over here. Yeah, you, you'll just give him more sugar and be like, hey, Chris, you need to come get your kid. He says he wants to come home and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> All right, dude, we've been waiting for it. The fans have been waiting for it. The live streamers have been waiting for it. It's third down this week. What do you have for us? It is third down this week, and I'm trying to multitask here, and I'm not very good at my job. Um, <laughs> but, uh, th- I mean, that's a different story for a whole other day. Yeah. Um, <laughs> third down, everybody's favorite segment on the Ballhawks podcast. I, of course, give you some head-to-head matchups, and you're going to give me your winner. Couple yeah. matchups. Uh, well, after we break it all down, I of course run down your lineup, and you give me your overall MVP. And I thought this week, what is more fitting this week than doing a Thanksgiving food third down head-to-head segment? Let's go. It is Thanksgiving uh, for us Canadians uh, up here. Um, I guess Thanksgiving is technically tomorrow, but I know most of us usually do like our celebration, our, our big, you know, turkey meal and, and what have you on the Sunday. Um, so yeah, so today is Thanksgiving-ish, Thanksgiving weekend. Let's go with that. Yeah. Um, for any of our American friends listening, being like, it's not Thanksgiving yet. Don't worry, guys. It is. And you'll get your turn and later in November. You'll get... Yeah, just hurry up and wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Thanksgiving food, third down showdown. Steve, as always, are you ready? Let's do this. Third down. All right, buddy. 
Matchup number one, we have the mashed potatoes, Ted Wong's favorite, <laughs> versus <laughs> versus stuffing. Oh, good good matchup. Like they they really just you can't have one without the other. Um, I got to be honest. When you said mashed potatoes, just out of spite to Ted, I was gonna pick them over anything. Uh, and then you picked stuffing. Uh, darn, man. Hit me with like a heavyweight right off the start. So these are these are two that I always have. Like no matter what, I will always have both of these. I think I'm going to lean. I have to go with stuffing. Darn. I hate myself for this one. It, it's... It... <laughs> It's a good choice. Like, I mean, we we've had this conversation with Ted, with Ted multiple times about mashed potatoes and like really they're just a vessel for gravy, which it isn't untrue. Everything um, on the Thanksgiving plate is a vessel for gravy. Just true. It's true, but yeah. like I guess like standalone without without being doused in gravy, I would take stuffing over the mashed potatoes just because like the stuffing's got like a little bit like I don't know about you, but like we always put the um, sausage in our stuffing yeah. as well. And so, yeah, the sausage always has just a little bit more, more flavor, like more filling, like just some a little bit like different on the plate. Um, whereas the potatoes, I'm just like, how much gravy can I possibly put on these before my mom yells at me for using all the gravy? So here's the difference. Like, this is where I'm having a struggle with this because uh, there's only a couple things and I, I'm not going to release them until maybe after this that I look forward to in Thanksgiving dinners. Um, my wife's mashed potatoes are second to absolutely no, like nobody's. Um, but she like, they're not good for you. Let's just mashed potatoes should not be good for you. There's cream cheese in them. There's regular cheese in them. There's sour cream. And then I put sour cream and shredded cheese on top of them. So I don't even do like the, the gravy part of it. Um, but I just think the stuffing is so synonymous with Thanksgiving dinner. I know mashed potatoes for most people are as well. Um, but I, I, yeah, I'm going to stick with stuffing. Damn. Don't it, like it, you anymore. It, again, you couldn't, <laughs> you can't go wrong. Um, and I still need to try. Um, Cause you always talk about them. You always talk yeah. them up. So I, I need to try Alyssa's mashed potatoes. I agree. Uh, next matchup. Uh, we have, uh, this one's, you know, not the most exciting thing. Like either way, you're not like you see it on your plate and like, eh, like it's it's here, so I'll eat it. Again, like I don't <laughs> want my mom to yell at me for not eating it. This is so, a big sell rate here. We have the roasted carrots versus Brussels sprouts. Oh, not even close. Roasted carrots next. <laughs> yeah. Go. No comment necessary. Who, who eats Brussels sprouts? I so who? I did have Thanksgiving dinner. Uh two of my brothers were there. And he had Brussels sprouts on his plate and his girlfriend was like, I didn't know you like Brussels sprouts. And I responded with, yeah, apparently he's a psychopath. Like nobody, nobody Nobody should like Brussels sprouts. They're garbage. Uh, Never pick them. I'll pick everything else over Brussels sprouts. I don't even cook them in this household. Like they're just, they're just a waste. They're they're not like overly horrible. They're just like, meh. If you, if you're looking for Brussels sprouts on your your holiday meal plate, don't come to the Phillips household because I am not cooking that. Nope, <laughs> nope, no, sir. Nope. Um. Okay, battle of the um. I don't know condiments. I guess we'll call it. 
Okay. Battle of the, the, the side, the, the condiment, which I'm sure you know where this is going. Cranberry sauce versus gravy. Ooh. I thought I actually thought you were going somewhere different than with that. Um, oh man. So here's my dilemma. And I actually hate you. You you don't know what I actually like in Thanksgiving, um, but you're really pissing me off already. You can't have Thanksgiving dinner without gravy. I think sure. my brother doesn't like gravy, but he's a whack job anyways. Um, he also eats Brussels sprouts. Well, that was my different brother. Um, uh-huh. He's a weirdo. You cannot have Thanksgiving dinner without gravy. However, one of the few things that I must have on Thanksgiving dinner is uh my wife's cranberry sauce i don't actually like cranberry sauce if you give me generic stuff or stuff that other people have made i usually pass on it um Alyssa makes unbelievable cranberry sauce it's zesty it's it's a little fruity it's a little bitter um i usually have at least a side bowl of that just by itself so cranberry sauce so it's not shaped like a can is what you're saying. It's not shaped like a can. <laughs> I don't know how he eats that stuff. Like I I, oh. I grew up with that stuff. So I just assumed that's what cranberry sauce was supposed to be. Um, and I say there's there's a couple things that were like marriage bells. Cranberry sauce. I was like, hmm. This this changed my life. Mashed potatoes and cranberry sauce. I'm going to marry that girl. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. My my kids love the, uh, the 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 can shaped cranberry sauce. Of course I'm, they do. I'm like more of a gravy guy it. myself. Okay, um, uh, we've got a couple more here. We have got one regular, one bonus matchup for you though. Ooh. The regular matchup though, I mean, you can't have Thanksgiving dinner without a little bit of dessert. Oh, okay. So, are you an apple pie or a pumpkin pie? Dang. Because they're both, I, you know what? Goddamn fantastic! Ugh. Like I, I legitimately hate you right now because there's, there's a little bit of a, uh, I guess a running joke in our in our family, especially with Alyssa's family. It's like, well, what kind of pie do you want? And you know, most most of the time there's apple and there, and there's pumpkin. Um, but anytime we do pie, there's usually two types of pie, and her mom doesn't even ask me anymore because she knows the answer is going to be both. <laughs> It's just always been both. It's like, well, I'll take like a, you know, maybe not a half slice, but a little more than a half slice of each one. Um, oh, man. I really want to go apple pie because I think it can be done at an elite level when you when it's not like store bought. Um, and although I picked apple pie over pumpkin pie today, I would have to say pumpkin pie would be the go-to. Yeah, it 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 it, it is. I mean, like there's only you so get many both, times right? here. Like if somebody's offering can... me apple and pumpkin, it's not like oh, I want pumpkin. It's can I get a bit of both? Like oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always go both as well. What, are we starving day. here? <laughs> yeah, douse douse the pumpkin and whipped cream. Put a bunch of uh, vanilla ice cream on the apple, and um, yeah, I always go both as well. But uh, I mean, there's only so many times a year that you can eat pumpkin pie and really like the month of october and thanksgiving is is it or i guess for our southern friends the month of november and their thanksgiving is 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 it um but yeah pumpkin pie 
is an absolute Thanksgiving staple. Definitely. Um, okay, my bonus matchup for you. Turkey versus ham. Turkey. Yeah. I've, I, I've, I, I want to say I've had ham before at Thanksgiving dinner, but I actually can't remember ever getting ham, no. which is yeah. really weird because there's a few people in our family that will go only ham over turkey, hmm. which is super I, strange. Like, I, I get it. Ham is very synonymous with Thanksgiving dinner, but to me, it's a no brainer. Like, you don't cook a turkey to have ham on the side. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I like ham, um, but for me, ham is always like we'll have ham usually with like Easter dinner, yeah. Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving and Christmas is turkey. Yeah, we usually I would say most of the ones we've done lately, there's been a little bit of both mm. just because it's like like I said, in my family, there's there's a few people that will do the ham over turkey. Uh, my daughter had ham today had no turkey uh easton had turkey no ham so <laughs> just covering their basis i guess yeah exactly and you had two pieces of pie yeah all right not including the bonus matchup because that was just for fun uh quick rundown you picked stuffing over mashed potatoes you picked pumpkin pie over apple pie you picked roasted carrots over brussels sprouts duh uh and you picked cranberry <laughs> sauce over gravy um what is your Thanksgiving food MVP cranberry sauce. Wow! Wow! Cranberry sauce. Wow! I yep. wow. Okay. Cool. So, that's um that that was a big surprise actually. <laughs> um, for me, if I if I would just out of those matchups, just out of your choices, uh, my MVP would have been stuffing. Yeah. yeah. Like I like stuffing. Um, obviously, yesterday we were in Kamloops. Uh, my my wife's family had their Thanksgiving. And uh, she brought me home some leftovers because that's what a great wife does. Um, and the first thing I went to in the fridge today when I got home, uh, you know, obviously you left. Uh, I just grabbed a thing of cranberry sauce. Just had a couple mm. tablespoons of the cranberry sauce just because it is that unbelievable. Um, one that you actually left out and I thought this was going to be the bonus matchup or I thought you were going with this on the sides is like something like pickles. Not a pickle person? I like pickles, but I don't okay. associate them with Thanksgiving. Really? Dinner. Yeah, not at all. Wow. Yeah, my mother-in-law does, uh, you know, some canned garlic pickles. And there's a few of us that usually fight over the pickle dish. Like, we, it's usually gone before dinner even starts. And she comes and smacks her hands and get out of there. Some, like Some fists have been thrown. Yeah. And, you, you, your brother-in-law is patching up a hole in the wall. <laughs> I mean, it's a family of drywallers. Like if fists get thrown, you know, it, it's a quick fix here and there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully maybe we can even like talk our maybe wives into doing a November American Thanksgiving for us. <laughs> I my my one we're an international struggle. podcast okay you gotta do my it one, my one struggle there so carter's birthday canadian thanksgiving olivia's birthday american thanksgiving oh nice yeah yeah olivia's is right around american thanksgiving every year nice yeah so probably not but i mean we, we can try maybe you just I, try for good food yeah hey olivia you really want to have turkey for your birthday right <laughs> 
Do you want to have it just like Carter did? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, okay. Let's move into the mailbag here. Uh, looks like a mailbag of one person. So did I miss one? Uh, Ryan did send one as well. Oh, did he? Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll go, uh, I'll go pull it up. Was it a, Actually, why don't you pull it up, send it to me while I, I get started on this one. So yeah, uh, a huge thanks to Marquise. He's one of the guys at uh, Cover 4 with the guys. If you guys have a chance, go check out their podcast. Uh, these dudes are hilarious. You've got a Ravens fan, a Pats fan, and a Falcons fan. And one of my favorite things about those dudes is they don't let each other off the hook with their takes. And they usually have pretty wild takes, so... Uh, thanks, Marquise, for your question. We are here in Canada time, so hopefully uh, you. <laughs> There's a little side joke there. He uh, he was giving me a bit of a shout out on their latest episode. Uh, they they missed their guest because they were in a different time zone. He's like, yeah, my man Steve from the Ballhawks podcast. Uh, you know, we had we had to do some time zone stuff for him because he's up in Canada time. And so I retweeted it being like, did you seriously just say I'm in Canada time? Like, that's not a thing. <laughs> that's not even close. Like, I think teacher Steve has to teach you how to do this. Uh, but we appreciate it, Marquise. Uh, I know he always comes in with some questions. He's got six today for us. So I'm going to give you the first one because it's Seahawks. If you were Russ personally, and let's say Seattle goes one and four while you're out, would you just sit out the rest of the year and seek a trade in the off season? He chose violence this morning when he woke up. What do you think, Chris? First of all, I'm not Russell Wilson personally. Um, <laughs> second of all, I think if I was Russell Wilson personally, or it, maybe I should say, I, I feel like I know enough about Russell Wilson's um, character and his drive yeah. uh, for greatness and his drive to help his team and perform well. Um, not a chance. No. If the team goes one and four in his absence, uh, Russ doesn't care. He's showing up uh, as soon as he's healthy, uh, and he says, "Hey, coach, put me in." Um, yeah, I, so I yeah. see Russ as one of those guys where if he has lost sixteen straight games, he's suiting up for week seventeen because he's he's yeah. a gamer, um, and I just don't think he'd do that to his teammates or Seattle. Um, maybe I'll take the second one. It's AFC North. Do the Browns trade Odell or move off Baker? Um, I don't think that has to be an or type question. I, I don't see them moving off Baker Mayfield. Think of the long lineage of missed quarterbacks they've had in there. They have a guy that can do it. Okay. He doesn't always look like the first overall pick. Uh, that you'd hope he would look like, but he is far and above the best quarterback you've ever had. Um, he can run that offense. Um, when he's on, he's deadly. So I don't think they're going to move off Baker anytime soon. Um, contract negotiations, I don't know where those go. I don't see them even sniffing around moving off of Baker. Um, do they trade Odell? I could see this. Um, just cause he hasn't really from, from injuries to, you know, maybe not fitting the offense. Well, having Jarvis Landry there as your number one, but now like they rely so much on that two headed running monster 
they've got tight ends that are just as capable of making plays. They've got other guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've got Richard Higgins. Um, I could see them moving on from Odell easily. Personally, I feel that offense is better with uh, with Odell not there. Right. Um, he just looks I, like I, he I, doesn't I, fit. He doesn't belong. Baker's done a better job of it recently, um, but... Those early years, Baker was force feeding the ball to Odell. Yeah, and like I said, he's done a better job of it lately. Um, but you know, eventually Odell is going to be, you know, crying to whoever's going to listen that he's not getting the ball enough, um, and then that could lead to Baker trying to force feed something to him again. Um, so yeah, personally, I feel like that offense uh, does better without Beckham Jr. there. So yeah. Um, if they're moving on from one or the other or both, um, it, it's Odell Beckham way before it's Baker May- Mayfield. 100%. Uh, question number three he has, uh, we've already answered it, but it was, should the slow start with Kansas City uh, worry Chiefs fans? I think we're both in agreement. Absolutely. Um, yeah. At least a little bit. They're they're on their way to losing the game tonight. So I, I think it's definitely cause for concern. They're not a 500 team right now. And uh, yeah, there, there's huge cause for concern. Question number four, Devontae Adams has his first 200-yard game. Thoughts on that? Um, I think Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league. Um, I think him and Aaron are, uns- when they're on, they are literally unstoppable. I don't know if there is a corner that can stop him when they are clicking. I could see him having a few more 200 yard games. Um, he's a freak, man. He's, he's big. He's physical. He's fast. He's, he's smooth. He's polished. Uh, he's got great body control. Uh, I love Devonte Adams game. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't say enough great things about Devonte Adams. What yeah. took so long? Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> staring at Aaron Rodgers' hair, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number five, should the Panthers be worried with CMC always injured? And then he has a little side note here. Also, Steve, this is why I say King Henry above everyone. His availability is unmatched. I get that. I get the fact that durability matters. I understand the idea of when a guy is injured all the time and can't be there that takes away from him. I guess my argument was Christian McCaffrey is the best running back, not pure rusher, but he's the best running back in the game when he's healthy. Now we could argue, you know, availability versus production until we're blue in the face. Um, I, I think they have to be worried because that's what the whole thing of him coming out of Stanford was that he was very small. And could he, you know, hold up to the rigors of the NFL? Now you're adding a 17th game in there. Um, Chuba's looked really good in his absence. He's looked like the guy they wanted to draft as kind of that insurance policy. Obviously, they want McCaffrey back, so... Should they be worried? I think you're always worried if one of your guys is always injured. Um, I don't know if I'm, you know, hitting any panic buttons this early, though. 
And the final question from Marquise is directed at Chris here. Thoughts on Legion of Doom starring Jamal Adams? Um, what do you mean? I only know of one Legion of Doom. <laughs> are, are, you, um, are you trying to pull no, it up right now? <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, Hawk and honestly, honestly, they... It is what it is. It's, um, it's not, it's not ideal. I mean, he definitely gave up the, uh, I don't like there was a long play. It was like a 68 yard completion to Deshaun Jackson or something like that. And it was like, had Stafford not underthrown it, Jamal actually may have had an opportunity to pick it off. Um, but Stafford actually underthrew it a little bit. And so like, that's why Jamal Adams got kind of like out of sorts with it. Um, I don't know. Saying that, like it, it, it is what it is. Like it, I, I, it, I'm not going to pin it on one guy. Um, the entire defense as a whole is not um, performing properly. They're not playing up to their caliber. Um, Jamal has actually played a lot better, uh, you know, this year than he did last year. You know, last year everyone's called him Blitz Boy because he had nine and a half sacks and Blitz Boy, Blitz Boy, and he's actually done a lot better in coverage this year than than people probably realize. Like he has, he hasn't been targeted a lot uh, when he has been in coverage, but the few times that he has been uh, targeted targeted in coverage, um, he unfortunately has been uh, exposed a little bit. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. It, it just it, it's one of those things where it's like like I said, it, it's not all on him. Um, the only Legion of Doom I know is is from the WWE, and oh, what a rush! <laughs> All those guys were the best, the absolute best. Uh, yeah. So thanks, Marquise, for your questions. Hopefully, we did them justice. Um, our last question here comes from our guy Ryan Hank, who we do the That Helps No One fantasy cast on Tuesdays at 9 o'clock p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Come check us out. This is kind of a question geared towards that. Uh, Said, just heard Barkley is out and probably for a while. Is Booker a solid running back option weekly now? I heard that Saquon had a low ankle sprain, which... Out of the two ankle sprains, low is better than high. High tends to be more of a nagging injury that takes longer and is easier re-injured. So I don't know about how long he's going to be out for. I feel bad for the guy. He's had some awful luck lately for such a talented dude. Is Devontae Booker a solid running back option weekly now? I'm guessing yes, just based on volume potential he's he's 29 years old um i think it depends what your you know argument of what a solid running back option is he might be a flex play for you would be my my argument i'm gonna say no just simply because uh it looks like daniel jones also suffered a concussion today um so now all of a sudden the giants are rolling with mike glennon at quarterback (laughs) 
along with Devontae Booker at running back potentially. Um, if, if I'm any defense going up against the Giants, I'm putting uh, 11 guys in the box probably. <laughs> and uh, daring Mike Glennon, uh, a.k.a. Napoleon Dynamite, to try to beat us. Yeah, I get that argument. Um, Kadarius Tony looked like unbelievable today. He was catching everything. Evan Ingram is back. Um, you know, they still have guys like John Ross on that team. I think we forget about that. Um, you know, they have Galladay, they have Slayton. They have enough weapons that even Napoleon Dynamite can be competent. And Right, but when you take away their best player on offense, that, that that's going to make a big difference, right? Oh, I th- uh, absolutely. I think it's going to make a huge difference. I'm just going on based on volume of stuff. Mm-hmm. So today, once Saquon goes out, Devontae Booker has 16 rushes for 42 yards. So is he effective? No, that's 2.6 yards per carry. But he did have a touchdown, a rushing touchdown. He also had um, four targets, three catches. Again, only 16 yards, but another touchdown. So if you're looking at a flex player, you're probably looking at like, I don't know, you're hoping he gets eight points maybe. I think there's a good chance he gets somewhere of eight points. Um, I think they might, like I don't know enough about the Giants, but I think they could probably look elsewhere um, for somebody to come in as more of like an established person. So that one's a tough one for me. I think it could be, you know, a, a good flex start for a couple of weeks, potentially, if you're in a deep league uh, that's struggling. Uh, so thanks, gentlemen, for the questions. Appreciate that. I know we got the mailbag off kind of late today. That's because both of us were still driving back from Kamloops uh, around we, lunchtime. We were on the struggle bus today. We were on the struggle bus today. Um, but we're here. We had a great show. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to all our Canadian friends out there. And as always, guys, I give Chris the last word. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, guys, uh, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Ball Hawks podcast, uh, proudly presented by the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, Happy to, you know, join you guys today, Thanksgiving Sunday. Um, you know, we're always happy. Like, like I said, we're, we were on the struggle bus today, um, but we're always happy to jump on and, and do this with you guys. And, and you know, the, the live streams have been a lot of fun and getting all the added interaction has been great as well. Uh, before we sign off, I, wanna, I do want to give out a couple shout outs uh, today. Um, shout out number one is going to be to our buddy Ted, um, who we just spent the weekend with um, Ted. Poor, poor Ted. Um, Ted thought that all of his friends forgot about his 40th birthday <laughs> and he was trying to actually start planning things to do for his own 40th birthday being like, Hey guys, like, let's go to the brewery in town on Saturday. And I'm like, Oh dude, like, I'm so sorry. I'm working. Like I can't make it. And like, so yeah, poor, poor Ted was feeling sorry for himself that all of his buddies forgot about, you know, the big four O. Uh, but then, of course, we kidnapped him, took him off to Kamloops and, and spent the weekend with him. So, uh, Ted, happy birthday tomorrow, buddy. I, I hope you have a great day. Um, I hope you really enjoyed your weekend, which, I, you know, I, I know you've sent some messages uh, saying as such. And actually, another shout out to our buddy Matt Ferguson for putting that all together. Um, 
I, of course, can't end this show uh, without giving a shout out to my little dude, uh, Mr. Carter, who is turning four years old tomorrow. Uh, happy birthday, buddy. Uh, I mean, mom and dad love you so much. Obviously, uh, you know, we can't believe that you're four already. We keep trying to shrink you back down to when you're one and cute and actually nice to mom and dad. But uh, <laughs> no, no such luck yet. But that's okay. Next year, you're some teacher's problem. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. And <laughs> my last shout out of the evening is actually going to go to my mom and dad. Uh, so my parents... Um, uh, Steve didn't know this, and so you know nobody else is going to know this. My, my my parents are runners. Um, they they do long distance running. They have run marathons, half marathons, ten k's, eight k's, like whatever. Like my 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 parents really enjoy running. Um, my parents went out to Victoria this weekend for the Royal Victoria Marathon, which is held uh, this Thanksgiving weekend annually every year. They've missed it, of course, the last couple of years due to COVID, but they, they made the decision to, to head out there and, and uh, you know, do a half marathon, which is 21.1 kilometers. And at, uh, I mean, I, I was talking to Steve about it before we came on air. Um, you know, I, I'm super proud of my parents and super impressed with their time, uh, even, you know, not taking their age into account because I couldn't run 21 kilometers if I tried. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if I could even train to do it cause I, I don't understand long distance running, but both my parents ran half a marathon in under three hours. So Good congratulations to my parents. Nice. Um, that is phenomenal. Super proud of you guys, uh, for, for doing that. Anyways, guys, again, thank you. Please, uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, rate review, leave five stars, uh, you know, Go interact with us over on Twitter. Give us a follow-up, ballhawks underscore pod. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.